Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. OpenTheBooks.com is a government watchdog keeping tabs on a variety of people and entities in the United States government via Freedom of Information Act requests, otherwise known as FOIA requests. Their latest project involved tracking financial information tied to the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com, Adam Andrzejewski, joins us to discuss. Adam Andrzejewski, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Adam, OpenTheBooks.com has yet again done some digging through freedom of information requests, this time pertaining to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, Tell us what you found. While millions of Americans were suffering under Fauci's pandemic policies, we found that Dr. Fauci personally did very well. In fact, his personal uh, investment portfolio soared and his net worth soared, uh, as did his income. And, and other outside income opportunities during the pandemic. So his, his net worth went from $7.6 million on January 1st of 2019, all the way up to $12.6 million at the end of 2021. It was a $5 million increase to his net worth. It sounds uh, substantial uh, from your you know, research and experience. Is this a special case compared to other government officials? Well, I think so. I mean, what other government official has a uh, cash investment portfolio of $12.6 million? There was essentially three drivers to his soaring net worth. Number one, his federal employment alongside that of his wife. Here's what the record shows. Dr. Fauci out-earns the president. Mrs. Fauci, Christine Grady, she's the chief bioethicist at Fauci's employer, the National Institutes of Health. She out-earned the vice president. If you take both of their salaries, add them together, and tack on 30% for the cost of federal benefits at taxpayer cost every year, this power couple cleans off more than $900,000. The uh, second driver was Fauci's outside income and the big cash prizes that he collected. He gets at least $100,000 by editing a medical journal from the book publisher McGraw-Hill. But that paled in comparison to the over 919,000 that he collected on large cash prizes. The third driver was his unrealized investment gains from that massive cash portfolio that he owns. So he had almost between between 900,000 and a million dollars of gains on that portfolio just last year. Wow, it's incredible stuff. Uh, Just switching gears just a slight bit here. We've seen uh, elected officials or their spouses making some significant trades uh, in the stock market before significant legislation passes. Uh, Is this a concerning trend to you? In terms of the investment portfolio, what our auditors found was that Dr. Fauci and his wife, they're invested in a broad array of mutual funds in the stock market, mutual funds in the bond market. They're not owning individual issues. So there's a difference there between Fauci's investments and that of, and that's what, and and investigations into members of Congress. Fauci, on this basis, on his disclosed portfolio, he's playing it, he's playing it clean. What other projects do you have going on? Anything you'd like to share with us that's on the horizon? So at OpenTheBooks.com, we took Governor Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, his campaign donor disclosures versus the state 
vendor list, and we found he solicited a thousand state vendors for over $10.6 million worth of campaign cash. Those vendors just last year in state payments received $6.2 billion. Always fascinating to speak with you. Adam Andrzejewski, thank you so much. Thank you. President Biden's plan to cancel federal student loans will impact millions of Americans, not just those who took out the loans, but also those who will be footing the bill. There are already three lawsuits against the plan, and here to discuss the legality of the loan forgiveness, we have Giancarlo Canaparo, senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Giancarlo Canaparo, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. The Biden administration caused uh, quite a stir when it said that it would cancel student loan debt for millions of Americans. Uh, where do you think this policy went wrong? Boy, it went wrong from the very start. Number one, the president is trying to use an emergency powers provision that was created to give temporary relief to soldiers fighting abroad after 9-11. Uh, he's pinned this to the COVID-19 emergency uh, Although he has just said we are no longer in a pandemic, he has taken uh, different positions as it has suited his political preferences at the time. Uh, he has not promulgated any sort of formal agency action, not a rule, not a regulation, not a notice. He's doing this uh, through a, a White House press release. It's government by White House press release. Uh, it is really an abuse of emergency power. Uh, and of course, everyone knows this isn't tied to the pandemic at all. This is a political gift uh, that people on the left have been clamoring for since 2011, uh, and Biden has finally delivered. And that's what this is about. It's politics, uh, and the administration is pretending that it is necessary uh, for the pandemic, but it just isn't. Now, the administration is being sued over this by uh, six attorneys generals. Where do you see this going? So this suit has some legs, I think. One of the big challenges in this case is not the question of, is it unlawful? It almost certainly is. Uh, and Biden seems to know that. The question is, who actually has standing to sue? And standing is a legal doctrine that says uh, you don't get into court unless you have a real injury that was caused by the person you're suing and that the court can fix. Uh, in this case, the states actually have some very good arguments. A lot, Many states operate as loan servicers to federal debt, which means that every time the Biden administration changes these programs or forgives some debt, they lose money. Uh, and that money is invested in the states through bond programs uh, and other sort of um, financial incentive structures. So the states will suffer a concrete harm on account of this. And that uh, is a very strong argument that they get into the courthouse doors. Uh, once they're through the doors, um, there's really no debate that this will fall uh, if a court gets to the merits. We're seeing that the Biden administration has changed the rules already, excluding a segment of folks that were previously uh, included. Why do you think that is? Right. Uh, politics again. So if only to prove that this has nothing to do with the pandemic, the moment that the Biden administration noticed that there were some people who might get into court, it stopped uh, or said that it won't forgive uh, many kinds or a certain segment of loans uh, because it thinks that it will help them defeat the challengers, keep the challengers out of court. Incidentally, it won't. Uh, the harms that the states suffer uh, don't depend on uh, the government forgiving what are called FFELP loans. Uh, they suffer a harm regardless. So uh, it's, it's an attempt by the Biden administration to keep the states out of court, but uh, it's not going to work is my sense. 
Do you think that this maybe raises the issue of tuition costs in general? Because the universities know that it's essentially a monopoly mixed in with a lot of federal funding. Right, you're exactly right. This will cause massive inflationary pressures on the prices of uh, college tuition. Uh, and like you said, colleges know that as long as the government is insuring these loans, uh, the government will write blank checks, the schools can charge tuition as high as they want, and there is no check on this system, no market participant in this system who says, ah, maybe we shouldn't pay that much, because the government doesn't care. It will write a blank check, and the colleges know it. Giancarlo Canaparo, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.